I took a picture of that suit uh, with Chuck Borman's you know, name on the window and it laying on the floor because he won't touch it. A sheriff's deputy is standing there guarding this piece of paper and making sure that no one picks it up. So his job is to make sure that nobody picks up this piece of paper and carries it into the office space. Welcome back, everyone, once again to another episode of Red Pill News. Good morning to all of you. As always, I'm Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and joining me in this very special edition, once again, Peter Lupia, candidate for the El Paso County Clerk. I'm also joined by David Winnie later on in the program. Both of them are involved in the recounts currently taking place in Colorado. Yesterday, I did a special report talking about the status of those recounts and what's happening, the things that the state and Dominion seem to be doing to stop the recount from even taking place. Peter joins me along with David to discuss exactly what's happening and what they're seeing boots on the ground. The good news is you can still help if you've got the time. If you live in Colorado, I urge you to listen to the end so that you can see what you can do to help out. Please do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we will be right back after this. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope you're having a lovely day. Last week, a gentleman on screen with me right now, Peter Lupia, candidate for the El Paso County Clerk, joined us to discuss the upcoming, uh, I guess, projections for a recount there, because a lot of weird stuff happening. Uh, yesterday, I reported on that in uh, a number of different stories, and uh, I'm here with Peter now to catch up on exactly what he's seeing boots on the ground there. Peter, how you doing? I am doing well, Zach. Thanks for having me on again and letting me uh, share an update with you and your all your followers and listeners and fans. Awesome. Well, we're pleased to have you back. Uh, what I learned yesterday, Peter, is that there appears to be some strange things happening in regards to the uh, the audit that that, uh, that they're trying to do. Apparently, the logic test that they're running is you know, not really in line with the law. There were some results that came out that kind of mystified everybody until the state said, oh, no, that's what you're supposed to see. And uh, <laughs> a lot of things just don't compute. So from an insider's perspective, tell me what this is looking like to you. Yeah, so uh, I'll just kind of run down the timeline for you. So uh, we started the logic and ac accuracy test um, last Friday. So it was scheduled to last just Friday. We were going to be done with it by Friday, and then they wanted to start counting by Saturday. Um, it ended up taking all day Friday and all day Saturday. And the, the biggest challenge was, so they have this, they call it a test deck of uh, ballots that they create. So they're machine made. They're not actual ballots that were cast. They're machine made. And they had uh, produced 4,216 ballots were part of this test deck. And so it's, it's the exact same test deck they used to prepare the machines before the primary election um, under a certain set of parameters. They had four things that they were looking for, blank votes, over votes, et cetera, um, write-ins. Um, so when we now fast forward a month, and we're getting ready to test the machines again for the uh, for the recount it's using the same test deck. That's the law. Okay, great, great, great. The same deck of 4,216. Well, when they were testing for the primary race back in June, um, they had the parameter set up and they were getting on average about six adjudications per run. So they have seven Dominion machines, uh, scanners and tabulators that they use in the counting room. So what they do is they take this deck 
They divide it up into sets of 300, and then there's one little tiny one of 16. And they run uh, two sets of 300 through each of the seven machines, plus that little 16. And they do that seven times. And then that way they make sure that every single one of the machines read and got a chance to see all 4,216 ballots. Six, they told us on average, we're going to adjudication. They adjudicated those, boom, okay. So the whole thing is done relatively quickly. Uh, It only took about maybe 15 minutes to run the 600 ballots through the machine uh, when we were doing it. So I assume it was the same then. Well, so because it's the recount, they reconfigured the parameters. So it's still the same 4,216 ballots, but now there were six parameters, which included overvotes, uh, blank ballots, undervotes. Um, there were there were now six parameters that they were looking at. Well, what that did, this test deck is set up to uh, allegedly create one of every possible combination on the ballot. So our ballot in the primary had roughly, depending on what precinct you're in a district, somewhere between 12 and 15 races on the ballot as a whole. So it's got all these permutations and, and uh, possible, uh, whatever you want to, I don't know, whatever, combinations, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, all these all these possible combinations based on 15 races. So when we go to do our logic test, now we're only looking at the four races that are being contested. And then they expanded the parameters to look for different things. So the first batch of ballots that get run through the machines to start this logic and accuracy test comes back with 2,266 ballots now going to adjudication. Um, And it completely, completely caught them by surprise. They were estimating that it was going to go from six to maybe 12 to 15 on average. They had completely underestimated what the change in the parameters was going to do. And Peter, so b- before you continue, yeah, I, I yeah, want to yeah, I, I yeah. ask you about that right there, <clears throat> because I had read yesterday when I reported on all this uh, that they were claiming that uh, that this is exactly what they were expecting, that for some reason, by expanding the number of uh, of items that would kick it over to adjudication, that somehow that 60 percent error rate was to be expected. Are you saying that Dominion and the state that they, they were mystified or was it the auditors that were mystified? Oh, no, it, it, they were completely mystified. I mean, when when that kicked out, um, we only had at that point, we only had one set of adjudicators that were assigned. And again, they were expecting to do you know, 12 to 15, something like that is what they had told them. And so they sat down and crunched some numbers and went, oh my gosh, at an average of six seconds per adjudication, it's going to take them like 23 hours for this one team to <laughs> get yeah. through the adjudication. And oh, by the way, we have to do this seven times to make sure that every machine has been tested to full capacity. So they literally sat there and kind of scratched their head a little bit. And they were like, well, maybe we create a new test deck. Maybe we take some out. We do this. They they had four or five different options they were trying to come up with. Ultimately, they called the Secretary of State and the Secretary of State said, no, sorry, you have to run the test deck exactly the way it's designed, et cetera, et cetera. You can't change anything. So you better figure it out. And so... Um, figuring it out basically meant they called in three more teams of adjudicating judges. So we had four teams total running and uh, they had to do 2,266 adjudications seven times. It took them about an hour and a half for four teams to get through that. Um, So, you know, they say that they say the system didn't fail and 
I guess in in fairness, I'm not supporting the machines at all, but in fairness, it did do exactly what they set it up to do. They just had no idea what they had set it up to actually do. So um, it, it ended up being that about 60, 60% adjudication rate. Um, I would say that's not a pass on the, on the test. They, they claim it to be a pass because, well, we ran 4,000, 216 ballots through the machine. It did count them all. It did send them to adjudication. It just wasn't in the proportions that we thought it was going to be. So it was, it was a giant cluster. (laughs) It sounds like it. And, you know, I have to imagine that, you know, you guys are already paying a pretty penny to have this recount done. Is that going to raise the, the cost of this to you guys now that they've had to send in these additional judges? Well, so, uh, that's all to be determined. So okay. um, we, you know, they gave us our estimate that we had to come up with the money. We had 24 hours. So every single candidate, regardless of the size of our race, uh, was presented with a bill for $20,819.87. Uh, and we had 24 hours to to come up with that. So unfortunately, only three of us were able to, uh, I know in, in my case, even, uh, and, and, my uh, compatriot, Linda Zamora Wilson, who's running for Senate District 9, um, we actually took out loans to get us over the hump to get there. Uh, so because we we wanted as many candidates as possible to make it. And so our fundraising, uh, we got great support, but we had to we had to get over the hump right. uh, and take out some loans to do that. But um, they didn't. And act, this is this has been a whole um, week of firsts, actually, the last seven days. This is the first time in uh, El Paso County history that a um, countywide race has been um, recounted or there's been a request for a recount and the candidate actually came up with the money to do it. So both myself and um, Dr. Rayanne Weber, who ran for coroner, were countywide candidates. So that was kind of a first. That's um, the first time they've ever had actually four recounts going on in the county at the same time. So uh, including the Secretary of State's race for Tina Peters. There's four of us here in El Paso County. So um, it was very interesting to have our clerk and recorder and a uh, representative of the Secretary of State make the statement that, uh, and I'm, I'm loosely quoting, but it's pretty, pretty close here. Um, we have no playbook for this. We have no policies or procedures. All of our statutes, all of our rules, everything is set up to recount one race at a time. We never have anticipated that we would ever be doing multiple races. So that kind of tells you they're, they're literally flying by the seat of their pants. They had, again, the day we walked in to turn in our letters and say, Hey, we demand a recount that caught them off guard. And then they gave us back our pricing. And I'm sure they assumed that the pricing was going to blow us out of the water. Um, So then when three of us walked in there with the fully funded checks uh, that, I just kind of stood there and stared at us like, what do we do now? Exactly. Uh, so it's been just all the way up and down the line. And, and the thing that the thing that really um, and I want to go back to this because we got great support from people trying to help us. And we didn't even anticipate that cost because just a week before um, our state level candidates, uh, Tina Peters and Ron Hanks had submitted a request for recount. They got back a number from the secretary of state uh, and the number that was provided by El Paso County was about 8,600. It was just under $8,600. 
So for Ron Hanks or Tina Peters to get a, an entire countywide count done um, was about $8,600. So we knew that. So that's what we were budgeting for. So obviously when we got a bill for over 20,000, well, almost $21,000, uh, there was some sticker shock there. And it really, it, it was really unfortunate because again, out of our, our coalition of seven candidates here in El Paso County that were all requesting a recount only, uh, three of us could get across the finish line to actually be in there, but we're blessed with that. And we're fighting to get our other uh, four uh, compatriots back in with us. So we've filed a few things through the court. Uh, we had one uh, one motion that was filed on Friday. So we're anticipating that will actually get heard uh, tomorrow, I believe, is our hearing time. Um, we filed another motion today to uh, extend the deadline for the uh, the final uh, tally of everything here in Colorado is supposed to be done by Thursday. So any recount that's been requested, et cetera, uh, the Secretary of State has a, a date of this Thursday that it has to be done. So we've asked the court to uh, grant a two-week extension on that so that uh, we have time for the court to hear our request to lower the fees because of that $21,000, I'm just going to use the rounded number, the, of that $21,000, each candidate is being charged $10,000 vendor fee to pay a Dominion employee to sit in a back office somewhere that we never, we've yet to ever actually see him make an appearance. Um, we've seen him kind of go dashing past or skulking by, and he's he's not a, a technician that's waiting there with a, a tool belt in case something goes wrong, so to speak, or his programming guide that guy's in a in a probably a thousand dollar suit and uh just spends his time kind of hiding out in the back corner office so what i'm really interested to understand is if these are the same test decks that they used before the primary and they got the expected adjudication rate of six to seven ballots out of four thousand what's different about it now? I understand that there was uh, apparently some changing of the parameters on the machines. I, I To me, right. as an outsider, it, it seems very suspicious. Like, if <laughs> the point is that you're trying to, uh, you know, you're recounting, you're uh, essentially duplicating the circumstances under which the election happened in the first place. So how can it be so different and what possible reason could there be? I can think of some, but they're very negative. Uh, well, I'll just tell you, we're all confused on that. And and that has been, that's one of our arguments that we've been um, going with is as soon as you fire up the machines to run these test decks through them and you change the parameters, we are no longer doing an apples to apples comparison. The, the recount is not a duplication of the, the primary. Sure, the ballots are the same, but now we've, we've modified the parameters in which you're running them through the machine. And I, I want to go back to our request for a recount has been for a hand recount the entire time. Mm-hmm. So we had to allow the logic and accuracy test. We had to allow them to start the, the machine count in order for us to be able to challenge that. So I do want to say our battle is to actually have this whole process done with a hand recount. But in the meantime, as that's all moving forward, um, uh, Peter, real quick, answer, it looks yeah, like we yeah, have yeah. another candidate on the line. David Winnie is uh, just stepped into the room. So, oh, yeah, I need to switch the view on the camera sure. and allow him to come on in and we can kind of get David's perspective as well. 
I'm just waiting for David's audio to connect. Yeah. Hello, David. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the program. My name's Zach Payne, and uh, we are also here with Peter Lupia. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Peter and I have just been speaking about the kind of the process, the convoluted process to get where we are right now. Uh, and if you could just uh, introduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're running for. Yes, my name is David Winnie, and I'm running for County Commissioner District 5 here in El Paso County. And uh, I don't know if you had Lindsay on already or if uh, she's going to be on, but she's running for District 1 in the same county. Okay, excellent, excellent. And uh, David, uh, you know, just from your perspective, um, how do you feel about uh, how the the audit process has gone so far? Peter was telling me that they've uh, apparently never made any plans for uh, something of this scale. Uh, and the cost structure seems to be a little bit strange to me, because when you have an election, you have all of those candidates on the exact same ballots, and they have no problem counting all of those votes, usually in one night, but in recent years, uh, a little bit longer than that. But to go through the process of charging every single individual candidate these fees mm -hmm. to count what you're essentially going to be able to count all at the same time, it, it kind of seems like it, it's a prohibitive cost. Uh, it's a little bit capricious, and uh, they don't want you to do this, which is why they've never planned for it. That would be a good way to, to um, I don't know if I'd say it any differently than the way that you did, except, <laughs> for, the, uh, <laughs> except for the fact that, um, well, they, I think they've just never been challenged like this before, and they've never had to go through this. They just cruise right on into office. It's the reason we call them career politicians, because they've made a career of it, mm -hmm. and people have never been... Um, brave enough i guess you could say i mean i don't know if i want to put it in those terms but have never actually considered doing this kind of challenge and of course they're not only having a few of us challenge them at the same time but they're also having the um uh, it's it's i guess it's the first time they've ever had a a county-wide uh, election challenge and so they've had a little small things now here's the beauty of it the thing that we were asking for is a hand count, right? Mm -hmm. The hand count would solve all this. It would have, we may have been already done by it with the hand count by now and have accurate results because you'd get, go through all the ballots one time and you could find here's the, here's the different um, campaigns that we're looking for those votes and they'd mark them. We can mark them each as we go through once, but they're going through all these gymnastics and that's probably a nice word to say for it. But they're going through all these gymnastics because they want to force us through the machine count because they want to get the results that they had with the machines. But then ironically, <laughs> the way that they're doing it, it's forcing it to go probably even longer than it would if it was a hand recount. Because you, you're, you're forced to count, uh, you know, 4,000 ballots with 60% uh, of them heading over to adjudication uh, all these different times, seven times per machine. Uh, and plus, I have to say, they wouldn't be able to charge you for the programming and for the Dominion employees mm -hmm. if you guys were doing the hand recount. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, so it's all part of the, it's all part of the uh, financial fund, and they re really tried to intimidate us with that, uh, with those estimates. And it was just uh, really a fortunate, you know, God worked it out ahead of time where we had ones like Peter and Dr. Ray and Weber and, and um, Linda Zamora Wilson that were able to 
do that full amount. And so instead of um, saying, oh, well, tough luck backing down, we had three that were able to go forward. And then, of course, our attorneys are working on um, including all of us because there's no reason they should have um, dis, um, you know, moved us aside, the ones that had a partial payment. But yeah, Peter, it's, it's like one they're, they're double time. dipping. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, the the reality, Zach, is this $10,000 fee per candidate. So at this point, with three of us paying it, the, the Dominion money set aside is $30,000. So this guy's getting paid $750 per hour mm-hmm. to sit in this back corner room and be there so that they can run to him and say, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? So uh, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. And like you said, Zach, and they showed us, they showed us on day one when we were setting all of this up uh, for the logic and accuracy test. And then again, when we started counting, we all sat at the computer monitor together and watched the IT guy set up the the system. And there's just a list of all of the races. And all he did was go in there and click, oh, we're going to watch this race. We're going to check this race, this race, this race. So he just checked four boxes. So the difference between checking one box, four boxes, or in our case, all seven of our boxes, it didn't take anything extra. It didn't co- It didn't cost $20,000 per person to do that. I mean, in David's case, I think you had what, David, like the 15,000 votes or something like that in your district. So compared right. to my, yeah, compared to my race, which is a hundred thousand votes countywide. So there, there's no way that that's a, 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 you know, reasonable cost for any of that kind of stuff. And then uh, Tina Peters, I understand that she was forced to pay something like almost a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. I, I believe, I believe her final number. I don't quote me exactly. I believe her final number ended up to be $256,000. Wow. Even more. The, yeah. And that now she's doing 64 counties uh, across the entire state, but again, her estimate for El Paso County. And again, so everything counted the same hundred thousand votes they're counting for me. When we turned it on, we just clicked that button. Um, her estimate for that was uh, under $10,000. So the estimate to Tina was 10,000. Ours was 21,000 for the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Click the button to activate it. So it's just, they really thought they were just going to price this out. And again, like we talked about uh, as David was joining us or just before we we've, we've completely caught them by surprise and uh, they're just trying to figure out literally each step of the way. I mean, when, when, uh, Clerk Brorman was served with the lawsuit on Saturday morning. So we filed our first suit on Friday afternoon and he was served with that on Saturday morning, right before we started um, the, the look of shock and awe on his face. Um, the secretary of States uh, representative who was there in the room with us, um, they handed him a copy of it to look at because we all, so we sued the, the lawsuit is directly against uh, Clerk Brorman and the secretary of state, Jenna Griswold. Uh, because some of our candidates are are statewide uh, levels. So both of them were named. So they gave a copy to the Secretary of State's representative here, and he was physically shaking, physically <laughs> shaking. It was, it, was, it was fantastic to watch. Um, just, it, it, again, it, I, I can't say anything more than that. Yeah, it is. It really was glorious. It was just fantastic to be there and watch that happen. But Wow. Did anybody um, get that on film? Uh, I, I don't think we did. Unfortunately, we were also excited following the server, the process server in there to hand it to him that uh, nobody bothered to pick up a phone and, and copy. And I, and I think at that point we were just getting ready to go into the room. So I think 
for the most part, our phones were locked up in the little lockers. We're not allowed to take sure. them in the room with us. So um, I don't know that there were even any phones floating around there, but it, it was a glorious couple of minutes just to watch everybody uh, again, be completely caught off guard. So it has. I, go ahead, I, David. I took a, yeah, I ahead. took a picture. I took a picture of that um, suit uh, with Chuck Borman's you know, name on the window and it laying on the floor because he won't touch it and it's oh. just still sitting there on the floor and oh and uh <laughs> yeah and the injunction that was served today he, yeah i think he i think he can this is interesting because these are our elected officials and they know nothing about anything and they don't know anything about the law except for just how to cheat but he i think uh what my understanding was is he feel he won't walk around it and he's looking at it but and avoids it, but he won't touch it because he feels like if I don't touch it, then it hasn't happened. Oh my yeah. goodness! Haven't been served. Yeah, there was an injunction. Uh, like I was mentioning, our se- our second thing was an injunction that was filed this morning, uh, and it was served to him about eleven o'clock. And uh, that the, the uh, employees of the clerk's office refused to open the door for the process server, so he just slid it under the door. That's called uh, process by refusal. So if you know somebody's there or has the ability to accept, but won't. They, the the server was explaining they can just leave it uh, in that circumstance. So he slid it under the door. And so it sat there on the floor, just inside the door to the clerk's office, uh, which is the door we're all going in and out of to get to the yep. counting room and everything all day. So this thing's just laying there on the floor from 11 o'clock and it was still sitting there at 630 when we left. Wow. And yep. uh, at one point in time, one of the election workers after it first happened, picked it up and started to carry it into the, back into the offices and they're like, no, 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 don't touch that. Put it back. So they made him put it back <laughs> and then you know, it gets better. So then for about an hour, they have a security guard. I actually think they're, they're technically, they work for the sheriff's department. So he's got a sheriff's, a sheriff's patch on. So I'm going to say a sheriff's deputy is standing there guarding this piece of paper and making sure that no one picks it up. So his job is to make sure that nobody picks up this piece of paper and carries it into the office space. So it was, it was, again, it was just a, a another glorious day. And, uh, you know, to overhear them talking and saying, ah, oh, you know, oh, well, it wasn't technically served because he never took possession of it. So if we just leave it lying there and I don't know who's giving them that advice, but that it's, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. And it was served. It was actually served to the, um, the county attorney, the El Paso County attorney, uh, is the one that it was actually delivered to in person. The service they were doing to Chuck Broman was really just to deliver him a courtesy copy. Uh, so <laughs> it was very interesting. For shame. Somebody needs to remind <laughs> these people that they're public servants, okay? Just because, uh, you know, to think that they don't want to participate in the very system that they're supposed to be employed by, that they are serving the people of their district, whatever it might be, a single single block or uh, an entire county or the state. Uh, This is absolutely despicable behavior. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to you, gentlemen, and to everybody else, because these people need a wake up call. They need to realize that they can't just cheat their way into every single election. They can't ignore the people that they're supposed to be representing. And they must adhere to that law. Okay, each and every one of them has an oath that they took. And they are abdicating their responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And I'm sick of it. And I feel like the people of Colorado are sick of it, too. Absolutely. And and, uh, I have I have one more quick. I have one more quick point. Yeah, I just can't pass up. 
is, you know, we, uh, from the, from the stage while we were talking a couple of weeks ago, we called for a, uh, Esther fast and prayer because think of the parallels back then they were, uh, Haman and his, uh, like-minded people, but Haman was really calling for the destruction of Mordecai. And then he was so filled with hate that he wanted to kill everybody that was like Mordecai. And so when that, uh, fast went out he said she, she said okay uh i need to we need to all fast and pray because in order for me to go before the king he has to extend his his uh, scepter out to me and so they did and they were asking for god's wisdom how to put a stop to this and she and think of the sense of humor that god had during that because he just said he gave her the idea she had to do it but he gave her the idea just invite the king and haman to dinner okay so they did. Okay, up to half my king, what, kingdom, what do you want? Yeah, come to one more dinner, you and Haman. Okay, so they do. And half to, up to half my kingdom, what do you want? So God has a sense of humor because he completely flipped that script, but he gave her the wisdom of what to do. And, and then once the king found out what the plot was and that it was going to, that Haman was plotting to kill all of her and all of her people, then he flipped that script instantly. And it was just, a, it's amazing to see the in different places in God's word where he does these things. And so we're being uh, fasting and praying. And I put that uh, call out to people and it's gone around the country. And I believe by now it's already gone around the world, but we're already seeing God answering our prayers. And it's really in many ways, almost entertaining or laughable to see how God is answering these prayers and one step at a time in God's timing. Amen. 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 So, so what's, what's the next step here? I mean, I, and, and I'm sorry, I want to ask about the injunction too. I mean, what does the injunction do? So uh, yeah, so the, the original suit that we filed on Friday is to uh, try to force a refund of at least the dominion fees uh, as being unnecessary and also to give standing back to our other four candidates um, who were disqualified for not having enough funds. They had enough funds for everything basically, but the, the dominion portion of things. So uh, we're asking that those fees be removed so they can get standing back. Uh, the injunction that was filed uh, today that was still sitting on the floor when we left uh, is a request to get a two week extension onto the deadline for the count to be finished so that the court has time to rule on our first uh, case. And uh see what we're going to have uh, if they're negotiations or whatever the case is going to be forced by the court. And then uh, we actually just this afternoon filed a, uh, I guess a second suit technically um, that just went in today, which is the actual suit to cease all of the use of dominion machines in this recount mm-hmm. and switch to the hand count. So again, we had to, we had to let the machine count start in order to be able to challenge that, we had to get through that test and let the machine count start and find all of the errors that we're finding and the, the machines that keep jamming and not reading things right and all of the protocols that are being broken and not followed. So we're, we've got a ton of affidavits that have been filed for things that we're observing inside the room. Um, we've had fantastic support from the people here in El Paso County and David's been out in the so the way things are set up. There's a hallway with all glass so they can watch into the room. So we had people out there praying and worshiping and just with their phones, taking pictures of everything that they possibly can. So that's been really super helpful. 
Um, and we're just, we're driving forward. So tomorrow uh, we're expecting to have the hearing and um, we're expecting to be able to argue the first case uh, in because of the immediacy of the need, also the, the injunction. And hopefully by early part of the morning, mid morning tomorrow, we'll have answers back on those things. And the court will pick up the phone and call the clerk's office and say, halt, we have to get some things squared away here. So um, that's where we're going. And, and there, the attorneys are working on more things for us. Um, honestly, it's been such a fluid situation that they've um, called us and said, okay, this is what we're going to do today. And then they'll call us a few hours later and go, wow, the logic test going that bad. Okay. Then we're going to switch and do this. And then, you know, then it's like, whoa, the logic test is going to take two days. Ah, now we can do this. So it, it really has been, I, I know they're jumping through hoops like crazy. I, we had a conversation, I think on uh Sunday morning with them yesterday and they were talking and they were like, we've got five different things prepared to file. We just don't know what to do because they keep switching courses with how ridiculous this is. So we're not sure we've got five good things to file. We are trying to just pick the best one based on how bad they are screwing up. And uh, we just let them continue to screw up. I think it was Sun Tzu that said, if your enemy is making mistakes, you don't stop them. You just let them continue to make their mistakes. And that's right. It, it's just fed on itself. Uh, yeah, never stand in the way of an enemy who's destroying himself. I, there you I go. Think there you go. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. So El Paso County is one county. Some of these races are being counted in every county. I, I saw a list earlier today. It looked like 55 different places where recounts of some type were taking place. Is there anything specific that people in Colorado can do uh, to come in and, and help you guys? I, I mean, uh, obviously, having observers there on on hand would be very beneficial. Yeah, so we have we have gotten a great response from people who are already certified poll watchers and judges um, who have volunteered their time to come in and work. So we have a, a cadre of people ready to go. Um, when we switch over to the hand count, we're obviously going to need uh, a large a large group of people. And and we've got all those people ready to go. So we're very blessed. That could be anyone in the state of Colorado that's gone through the secretary of state's training and has their certificate. Um, and honestly, Zach, the other thing we need at this point, because of that, like that number that we talked about, that $21,000 number was a surprise. Um, we still have our website up, uh, Colorado recount.com. Uh, and folks can go there and click on the candidate tab, or they can just do a, a forward slash candidates, but Colorado recount.com. And uh, if they can help us out financially, that would be fi- fantastic. Uh, last, Actually, last time after your show, I will tell you, we got support from all over the country. We were getting uh, mm-hmm. folks literally coast to coast, north to south, east to west um, that, that jumped on board. And some people were $5 and some people were our campaign maximums. So, wow. um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a real blessing. And, and like I said, unfortunately, we, we didn't know what that number was going to be. We thought it would be higher than the 8,600, but we didn't know it was going to be almost three times that. So uh, like I said, uh, we've got a couple of us that took out loans that were trying to get paid back. Of course, now we've got court costs that have started with all these filings and we're going to have legal fees that come in. So we uh, would certainly appreciate anybody who's willing to be in the fight here in Colorado with us. Uh, we really truly do feel like El Paso County Wait, we know El Paso County is the epicenter of everything going on for Colorado. And uh, based on the people that are are rallying with us and helping us, we have attorneys all over the country. We've got um, experts that are well-known names in the election integrity business who are uh, have 
issued reports on places like Mesa County here in Colorado, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan. So they know what they're talking about. Arizona, they've been involved deeply in all those places. So all those folks are rallying around this cause. We have fantastic resources of people who are making themselves available to us. Uh, Most of them free or at significantly reduced costs. I'd love to say everybody's pro bono, but we know how that works. Um, so yeah, if there's an opportunity for people to support us, we would really appreciate that at Colorado recount.com is the place to get to connected to all of us. Any or all of us could certainly appreciate the help. Okay. Awesome. Well, go go ahead, David. Let me say one more thing Yeah, is when you're on Colorado recount.com, because you're asking the question, what can people do is while they're on there, there's one link that they can click on called report. And it's very interesting Mm -hmm. because you can go there and, and uh, fill out your, you know, the basic information, your name and everything. If you've seen anything, you know, we've been saying yeah. uh, for some time, if you've been observing, you're a, a firsthand witness to anything where think people are doing things wrong for elections, then you can actually fill out the equivalent of an affidavit online right there and even uh, upload your your uh, your affidavit that they'll they'll let you download, but they'll up, let you upload it right there, so you can report what you've seen. And I think that's an excellent tool. Besides the donations on there as well, that uh, we can all become a part of the solution by reporting what we have seen. All right, beautiful. Yeah. Well, I know that I'm going to be paying very close attention to this over the next couple of days. Tonight, as we record this, it's uh, Monday, but I'm going to be releasing this first thing tomorrow morning on Tuesday. Uh, so hopefully you have another uh, series of overwhelming uh, contacts from people watching my show. I'm, I'm always glad to hear when my audience steps up and uh, likes to kick in to, to help out people that are on the show because you guys need it. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've been saying for a while, you know, I wonder which one of these states is going to be the first one they're going to try to cheat in. And it sure seems like Colorado uh, was ground zero on this one for the 2022 midterms. So thank you very much to both of you for being here. And uh, I look forward to having you back in the near future, hopefully in, in the next couple of days with some good news. Absolutely, Amen. Zach. Thank Thanks you. for having us on. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. God bless you both. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you.